D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista, the proud home of Golsh. I'm told that Golsh is like sold out right now. Like say what now? Sold out. Like we San Diego drank it all. Good. Okay, I like that. <laughs> like all of it that was made, <laughs> it's gone. We drank it. Yeah. So congrats, I, I, San Diego. We did it. <laughs> I we did it. Mission accomplished, everybody. Thank you very much to Steve, everybody else at Three Punk Ales. Thank you to everybody who went in there and yelled girls. So we do a thank you for being so loyal to it. Of course, it has probably less to do with us and more to do with just the quality of Golsh. So clearly, we would certainly uh, tip of the cap there to our friends at Three Punk Ales for producing such a fine, fine Golsh-style beer. Yeah, if you're looking for quality, that's why we ask you to pair this podcast with the beer. Because you're not getting quality on the podcast. You're getting quality with the beer. That's what it's all about. Actually, we're actually going to have some quality on the podcast today oh. because we have a guest. So oh, well, that's different. That is very different. We have Eric Gomez from ESPN to talk, I think, about what the biggest news is in soccer in North America, and that would be Javier Hernandez Chicharito leaving Sevilla and going to the LA Galaxy. Now, as we're recording on a Thursday, Jordan and I both saw this video. Maybe you've seen this, maybe you've not of LA Galaxy and Mexican national team supporters showing up at LAX yesterday at LA's airport just to welcome Chicharito to Los Angeles. What a mob scene. It was incredible watching all the support there at LAX, watching him arrive from Spain. So, yeah, I mean, it was an incredible scene. So we've talked a little bit about it, and Jordan and I will talk a little bit about it, what it means here in Southern California. But Eric Gomez is a guy who's in Mexico City, you know, who covers L3 for ESPN. So we'll talk to him just about the impact and, and what this move means for the Mexican national team, how it's being received in Mexico. Of course, there's this this video, this vlog that's floating around that Chicharito did where he's telling his dad that he's leaving Spain and he's going to L.A. He's going to MLS, and he uses the dreaded word retirement. He said, this is the beginning of my retirement from European football. So that's just bad optics for the league, especially after the league made it seem like they had just signed Lionel Messi in his prime. So... And for them, I think that that's what that represents. But Gomez will have great insight just on what this means in Mexico City from from a different perspective. So I look forward to that. There's your quality on the podcast. Yeah, that's the quality today. So these that's two what, clowns, we got nothing. <laughs> Do you remember the uh, the arrival for Ibra? Like the the big difference because this happens. The season hasn't even started for the Galaxy, so Chicharito shows up, and people are there at the airport last night, and they're going crazy, and they're looking for autographs, the jerseys are out, the hats are out, the scarves are out, everyone's yelling his name, they're grabbing at him as he walks by, and Ibra's was very different. Didn't he land like in the middle of the night, and then all of a sudden he showed up at the stadium against the Galaxy, or against LAFC, and then he scored the crazy hat trick. We were there. It was 3-3, I think, was the final. Didn't he show up, like, in the middle of the night, like, in the middle of the season, and then just came on, scored these crazy goals? Like, Chicharito, he gets some time with his arrival a little bit. Like, you get a little bit of a buildup, I feel. I don't remember anything about Zlatan arriving in Los Angeles, other than he did arrive in the dead of night, as Jordan said. And I remember that he was available because that became part of the story. Part of the legend of Ibra was that he was operating on no sleep. His body clock was on a totally different European time zone. And he still came in as a sub against LAFC, scored that crazy volley from midfield, right. and then headed in, I think, the equalizer in this wild El Trafico matchup. So, yeah, maybe yeah, it was a brace. I think it was a brace, but your, your point's well taken. I don't remember anything about that. I remember much more about Carlos Vela when he was rolled out in Los Angeles as yeah. one of the first players signed by LAFC because it was very similar looking. A lot of fans 
who hadn't even seen their club ever play a match, showed up there to welcome Vela. And, of course, there would be a lot of Mexican national team fans there showing up as well, which I'm sure was part of the parade yesterday at LAX with the drums. It really it was a wild, wild scene. So it's just incredible. I love that. I really do love that. You know, I, I, I liked a couple of weeks ago when, when Nashville, which drafted an MLS, had a bunch of uh, supporters get on a bus and go surprise the pick from the Nashville MLS club. They went to the dude's house. They showed up at his house in Indiana, I think it was, and they showed up there on his front lawn, and they were banging drums and partying up in his yard and taking pictures with him and such. So I do. I think that's a big part of soccer that I really love when you see all these different airport scenes and you see people that show up. So I love that. By the way, this also shout-out to the locals. I mean, if we find out any players are coming here to San Diego, I mean, come on, let's go. Let's greet them. Let's meet them. Let's see what they're all about. Just show up to their house. Show up to their house. Show up I, at the airport. Let's I, let's get a little information here about what's what, who's arriving when, and we'll show up, and we'll film it, and welcome them to town. I think deep down, Darren is asking listeners of the podcast to bang drums outside of his house every single Saturday morning. That That's happens what anyway. I live in North Park, and it's never not happening in my neighborhood. All right, so there's a lot of layers to this story, so let's get to it. Let's talk to Eric Gomez. He is from ESPN.com, and he is uh, very generous to give us some time. And the obvious question for me to start, Eric, is the impact. What is the impact of Chicharito coming to the LA Galaxy? Well, Chicharito was the white whale of MLS for the last, I'd say, five years or so. They've, they've tried this at least three times. So from a business standpoint, from a cultural impact standpoint, it's probably the second biggest signing they've ever had because they, uh, they value the Mexican-American and the Latino market uh, greatly in the United States and getting a player of his caliber. Add that to a guy like Carlos Vela, who's already in the league, Jonathan Dos Santos, a couple of other guys floating around there, Alan Pulido. It's, it was a fantastic day for MLS as soon as they got that in the can, absolutely. So you said in the U.S., but what about in Mexico? You're in Mexico City. Tell us what the reaction has been like since uh, Chicharito was announced at the Galaxy. I think it's a huge move for MLS uh, to move beyond their, their borders, you know, from beyond the U.S. and Canada. I think a lot of Mexican fans are going to be paying more attention to the league uh, now that they have Chicharito and Vela and the, the guys that I just mentioned. I mean, it's a lot easier to watch a game at, say, 7 p.m. than 8 a.m., right, uh, on a weekend. Uh, so you're just going to have that. From that standpoint, you're going to have a lot more eyes on, on those players who just uh, maybe weren't available as much. Uh, to Mexican fans over the last decade or so. Chicharito is a guy that um, is immensely likable. I mean, like anybody else, he, he still has his haters, but I think he's the guy with like the highest Q rating in Mexico uh, as far as soccer is concerned. So he's Mexico's biggest star. I would argue that he is in that, in that uh, Mount Rushmore of Mexican soccer stars alongside uh, Hugo Sanchez and uh, Rafa Marquez and maybe Jorge Campos. So it's it's a huge deal for MLS to be able to get fans in Mexico interested in the league tuning in and selling their TV rights down to ESPN and Fox Sports and all these other companies in in Mexico and Latin America to a higher clip. Eric, I feel like a big part of this story is the timing of it all. It's the right time for Chicharito to come to Major League Soccer. In his opinion, he's making the move. Why is it the right time for him to leave Europe? Why why is this the moment? Well, if you saw the clip uh, of him talking to his parents, I mean, he, he says it all. Um, he, he was very frustrated that he was not getting minutes at Sevilla. It's the second club. It's the second time in less than a year that that's happened to him. And I think it just weighed on him. You know, he left West Ham for that particular reason. He just wasn't a frontline starter for, for Pellegrini. And, um, and then he moves to Sevilla and then he's behind uh, Luke de Jong and he's, you know, right in the bench. So he's what, 31 years old. 
um, I think he he feels that he still has a lot to give, and he wants to spend the uh, latter years of his prime um, playing for a team that's actually going to value that and going to pay him a handsome salary, and it's going to allow him to be that number one guy up front. If I were to walk around Mexico City, because I just want to go back real quick to what you were saying, how this is impactful for the league south of the border. So if I were to walk around, would I see Carlos Vela LAFC shirts? Do you expect to see a lot of LA Galaxy Chicharito shirts? I mean, are we talking about that level of impact or just strictly you know, airing the games, getting them on television, increasing rights, which would be beneficial to the league? I'm really interested in seeing what will happen when you get those two teams down here in Mexico for the CONCACAF Champions League. I know LAFC is definitely going to be there. So it's going to be interesting to see how many Carlos Vela shirts are around. I think they play Leon in the CCL. Uh, if everything goes right. And um, Chicharito, I mean, you want to go back to the news yesterday. There were not four or five major sports newspapers in Mexico with the LA Galaxy and that MLS crest um, on the front page because of Chicharito. So it's a huge, huge impactful move for them because from a uh, fan standpoint and from a business standpoint, they have now positioned themselves um fantastically among other leagues that they might be competing against uh, with for, for, for eyeballs, right? So, I mean, nothing's going to top League MX in Mexico. We know that. Nothing's going to top the Champions League. Uh, people are still going to watch the Premier League and La Liga and all that. But I think MLS has gone overnight from being maybe an afterthought or something that you just watched to, to catch Carlos Vela games to a sort of a full-fledged league where you can have three, four, five Mexican national team guys at a time during the course of a given weekend. You expect Chicharito to be with El Tri in the next World Cup cycle, 2022? I mean, that's a good question. He's going to be 34, I think, by the time that World Cup rolls around. But it, it just does depend on how well Mexico is able to develop other talent. The guys that are coming up behind him, I know that Mexico had a very good – U-17 World Cup, but those kids are going to be 19-20 by the time that 2022 comes uh, to be. So you really have to look at the talent pool that's available right now. And one of the guys that was doing really well in Mexico has also moved to MLS and Alan Pulido. So Raul Jimenez is obviously, uh, barring injury, going to be your number nine in Qatar. Um, but beyond that, it's, it's pretty sketchy still. So I think he does have a, a very solid chance at, at one last ride. Do you think you can make the argument that going to Major League Soccer, making the move to the Galaxy, that will secure him getting minutes on the field? Maybe this is part of a play for him to try to make that World Cup in a couple years? Well, think about how interesting it was for Mexico to sign Tata Martino as their head coach. I mean, this is a guy that came in from MLS, right? So he's not going to disparage the league. He he understands what it takes to play in MLS. He understands the level uh, of the guys that are there. And if he sees Chicharito bagging 20, 25 goals – this season, next season, he's definitely going to be on the radar because he, again, he understands um, the level of that league. He, he was successful, but it, but he knows it's not this sort of retirement league or this this uh, very. I mean, if you look at there was a, a stat put out, a ranking put out earlier this week by the IFFHS. I don't know who those guys are, and they ranked MLS as like the 60th best league in the world or something. I mean, that's ridiculous. If you look at CONCACAF, it's League MX and then it's MLS. Whether that's in the top 20 around the world, whether it's in the top 30, that's up for debate. But it's definitely not this fluky, terrible league with, with a very low level of play. Um, and now that you have guys like Chicharito and Bella and Jonathan Dos Santos and Alan Polido and all these other players that are eligible for Mexico, 
you're going to see a lot more MLS teams give up their talent to Mexico and other frontline national teams as we move forward. Do you think he's had the conversation with Martino about that coming to Major League I, Soccer? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was part of his decision. Um, whenever Chicharito has had a, a major life decision, I mean, he clung to Europe again for nine years. After Manchester United, it was kind of kind of iffy for him, uh, aside from that, that one season at Bayer Leverkusen where he scored like 20 goals. It's been pretty up and down. But he, he clung to Europe for a reason. He felt that that gave him the best chance of playing for the national team and, and cementing his legacy as one of Mexico's best. Now that he makes a move, I think it's one of those things where he everything just kind of lined up for him. He said, okay, that does not going to ignore me if I go to L.A. Uh, you know, Jonathan Dos Santos is telling me all these great things. I've looked at the league. Uh, it's competitive, yes, but it's going to allow me to live closer to my parents, closer to my family. And I'm probably going to score a lot of goals in front of an adoring home crowd. So I don't think there's anything better for him at this point in his career other than maybe going to Chivas than uh, making the move to MLS. Can you explain that in 20 seconds, why, why we've seen Chicharito and Vela before him and other Mexican players go to MLS instead of Liga MX? Uh Yeah, I mean, I would probably need more than 20 seconds. Okay, we'll save that for next week's details, podcast. But it's, it's, it's security, it's money, it's... Um, being able to walk down the street and not being mobbed, it's all those things. But uh, I think it, and the main factor is, is still money. Money. Well, yeah, that's a pretty important factor. Eric Gomez from ESPN, we always appreciate it. Thanks so much for the great insight. Thanks so much, guys. All right, there he is, Eric Gomez, ESPN.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at Eric Gomez 86, I believe. I just did that off the top of my head. I think that's right. I think you're right as well. If not, you'll see it when we tweet it out. So right. just give him a follow from that front as well. Yeah, a lot of good insight there, too. And, you know, listen, the whole retirement stuff, as we said off the top, I, I know that those are bad optics for the league, especially since the league made it seem like this was you know, the greatest signing. And I do think it is an incredibly significant signing. I think the only other signing that you can compare it to in this league's history would be David Beckham. I, I don't know that there's anything else that you can compare this to in the history of this league and what it means just for the fans, what it means for the money, as Gomez just said, as we're thinking about what future television rights might mean south of the border, that people now are going to take a vested interest in at least watching these two specific players play in Los Angeles with Vela and Chicharito. But, I, again, for that league, and to see that then come out was a little bit of the air out of the balloon, was it not? I mean, it was, but then again, I also think that MLS fans need to just say, what do we care? I mean, let's say he had decided to go to Chivas Guadalajara, as we just discussed there with Gomez. You think anybody would actually be like, you think anybody would be offended because of what he said to his dad? I mean, that, that seemed to me, if you provide a little bit of context, if you strictly take it as Chicharito saying, this is the beginning of my retirement, yeah, okay, then the retirement stuff, the retirement league thing, you know, it, it, it applies. And to a certain extent, it does. But if you were going to Club America or Monterrey, would we say that? like, Or would you just be like, no, we're just stoked to have the guy. Like, We're just thrilled to have this guy. He's going to score a bunch of goals. Let's get excited about his addition to the league. I think that would be happening in Liga MX, and it should be happening in MLS. But, of course, MLS is held to just a, a different level of scrutiny because of the whole retirement league shit. So I, I might be completely wrong here. I just don't read a lot into that, the, the line that he had in that video. I really don't care what he had to say in that video. I don't think it's really impactful. He was, to me, what it sounded like is a son trying to convince his dad why he's making a decision that he's making. Like, that's what it sounded like to me. He was selling his dad on why he's coming. Chicharito's convinced he wants to come here. He made that decision. Mm -hmm. No one is forcing him to make this decision. He made the decision. It sounds like he talked with the manager with Mexico, and I think that's a 
I think that's a big part of it, too, having a manager in Mexico that has experience in Major League Soccer. It's not going to be used against him by going to Major League Soccer. It's not going to take away minutes, potential minutes he has with the national team. Right. You wouldn't think. So when you get a random vlog video clip of him trying to explain to his dad why he's moving across the country, I'm just not going to use that as a as something against the league. I just I don't feel like there's a lot of substance to it, I guess. But you understand the optics, right? Oh, like, like yeah. again, I mean, it it's is just, just it's, what it is. It's, it's bait it's, for Twitter. It's and perfect. It's, and it's fuel for those who say this is nothing but a retirement league. But again, like, just ask yourself this. Let's say, and I, I can't imagine that if he didn't want to go play for Chivas, that he couldn't have. So let's say that that were the case. I mean, he still is ending the European chapter. That's still where the best leagues are. So it's a huge step down to go from La Liga to Liga MX2. And he wasn't getting minutes at Sevilla, just like he really wasn't getting minutes at West Ham. So that part, that chapter for everybody who grows up in the U.S. or in Mexico thinking about playing European football, like that chapter was ending for him. So... It didn't matter where he was going to. He was still going to be ending the dream of European football. So, I don't know. I I think it's something to embrace. I, of course, you would want a player like this in your prime, but that's not what this league is. So, you know, you either catch him on the way up or you catch him on the way down. Very rarely does this league catch him right there, smack dab in the middle of their careers. Mm-hmm. And who is disillusioned enough to think that that's what MLS is anyway? This is going to be really different than the uh, Ibra time with the Galaxy, I feel, too. I feel like the Ibra time will, like, it's going to be really, it's, you have a lot of special moments, right? It's memorable. You have, you can really think of three, four, five moments that you were there or you were watching on television. I think uh, Chicharito being with the Galaxy is going to be more special. Like, that's the difference for me. Like, the, the matchup with LAFC, what it does, not just for the club, but what it does for the rivalry in Los Angeles, what it does for the league as a whole. I think it's going to be he's a more special player for the league and the club and for Los Angeles as a whole. And it's going to be a little bit different than what we had with Ibra. Ibra's a highlight reel, and he's fun to watch. But I think that the time with, for Chicharito is going to be more special for fans in the region. I also think that Zlatan was always a rental where, yeah. you know, as with Chicharito, you, know, you could say where you're getting him at what stage of his career, but it feels like there are more roots to be grown for Javier Hernandez than there ever was for Zlatan. You know, Zlatan sort of was like, hey, I'm going to kick through the door. I'm going to make a bunch of noise. I'm going to give you a bunch of highlights. I am Zlatan. And then I'm going to turn around. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go, hey, you're welcome. Because there was always this opportunity for him to go and end up playing back in Europe at some point, which is what he's doing back in Italy. But that was always going to be the case with Zlatan. Like, enjoy him while he can because this dude is probably just going to cut tail, turn tail and leave at some point and go to some other opportunity and say, see you later, everybody. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed that. The show moves on. We're going on to a different place. Do you have a favorite Zlatan moment? Yeah, we were there. We were there for it. Yeah. Like, on the field, that's the best moment. I think one of my favorite lines was when – he said something along the lines of, like, I should have impregnated every woman in America just so you guys can make the World Cup. <laughs> right. yeah. I think that was my favorite moment. I always liked when he would have those those moments. He'd be like, what are you talking about? Half this league makes the postseason anyway. What are we doing around here? You yeah. know. So, again, I know that there are different standards for Major League Soccer and Liga Emeakis, and that's a league that has the Liga. It has a playoff system as well. So, again, it's not there. We all understand what it is, but... Still, I, 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 that out, and this is it's a good signing for the league. It's a really, really good signing for the league. I don't think it's going to take very long for Chicharito to have the number one selling shirt in the United States. As a matter of fact, that will probably be the fact by, what, Memorial Day? 
Yeah. Valentine's I mean, Day. He's, he's made the galaxy cool again, has he not? Yeah, it's put a lot of people in Los Angeles in a bit of a tough spot. Yeah. I mean, LAFC, you know, look, clearly the cool club in LA. But now all of a sudden, Chicharito's over there. It takes a little bit of wind out of the LAFC Especially sales. Especially if you're a national, if you're, you're a Mexican national team yeah. supporter. I don't know what you're supposed to do Because you don't there. really love Vela, right? Because Vela doesn't really care about playing for the Mexican national team. He's like, I don't even want to, I got other things to do. So he's never been embraced by the Mexican national team fan, but Chicharito has. We were there, yeah, right down the road from where we're recording today. Yeah, we went to his birthday party. We went to his birthday party. My goodness. I mean, it was just wild. People were parking anywhere they could park and just running into the building so they can get a glimpse of Chicharito. You parked on the 15 and bailed. That I was did. great. Just left the good running. Who cares? It was fantastic. Um, so I think it's notable that LAFC and the Galaxy will play, what is this, May 16th. That's a Saturday at 12 o'clock. That is at LAFC. And then later in the year, in August, August 23rd in Carson, on and, Sunday. And give the Galaxy this. The Galaxy have had a real knack for, whether it's been Beckham or Robbie Keane, obviously Landon Donovan. We always Sla- forget about Gerard. Zer- everybody forgets about Gerard. It was a very forgettable tenure for him. Gerard hated it here. Didn't like it. I know. I put this out there yesterday about how impactful this was on Twitter. And, of course, it was like, what about Steven Gerard? What about Andrea Pirlo? I was like, those guys did nothing for the league at all. What about Frank Lampard? Nothing for the league. You. you know, Beckham did a lot for the league. Zlatan had his moments for the league. Vela is important to the league. Landon, I thought, was important to the league. And obviously Chicharito. So the Galaxy really, you know, they, they've got a history of this, of, of going out and finding incredibly Robbie Keane important to the league. So, you know, the, the, these are players that have mattered. So give them credit on that because who knows if they do this. I know a lot of it is marketing. Some of it obviously is what's going on on the pitch, but some of the, it's a lot of this is is marketing for them as well, especially when you're you know in a, a lockdown fight now where you don't own the market exclusively because of whatever LAFC has done. Speaking of Landon, speaking of Landon, what what do you got on Landon? You like that segue? That was really good. Where did are we you, going? Did you see the video that SD Loyal put out of Landon Donovan addressing his players? Uh, when did we get the Hard Knocks version of SD Loyal? That was fantastic. Oh, wasn't that fantastic? A good four minutes of Landon Donovan. If you've missed it, I'm sure you can find it at San Diego Loyal's Twitter account or on their website. I think I've retweeted it at D Smith Show or at Jordan Carruth. But it is Landon addressing, I don't know if it's for the first time, I appreciate that they are chronicling all of this, too. Mm -hmm. Because it makes me think at some point, somewhere down the road, we're going to have access to what it's been like building this club, a la LAFC, with what they did for ESPN+. So I I appreciate that they're chronicling all of this. But it's Landon just addressing his, his team for the first time, his squad for the first time, and what his expectations are, and what their uh, operating standard is going to be, that they're not cleaning their tables. It was, it was it was interesting stuff to see Landon because that's just not a capacity I've seen Landon in, and neither has anybody else. Darren, do you know what I did after I watched that clip? I got up and I cleaned the house. <laughs> I cleaned my entire house. My wife has never been happier with me. I cleaned the entire I'm like, Landon Donovan has fired me up so much. I got up. I was so motivated after watching that video. I started cleaning the bathroom. I started taking out the trash outside. The trash cans are out on the curb a day early. I'm like ahead of the game on that. Like Landon had me fired up. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't cut off any of my fingers though because I I still have ten. He did he did bring that up that people probably would be willing to cut off fingers to be on this team. I still have ten fingers. I was gonna when Jordan said, "Do you know what I did after I watched that?" I immediately looked at his hands to see if I've missed any bandages or bleeding. 
So I did not. No, it's yeah. a bunch of Lysol is what I have. I like also that Landon said, listen, we could have built a roster where we had a bunch of starters and then a bunch of subs. But what we did is we found a bunch of really talented people, and you're going to have to compete for your playing time. None of you here are guaranteed anything. This is going to be a club of competition, and if you want minutes, you're going to have to earn minutes. And I don't think that that's about cleaning your table, because that was a big part of it was, don't leave your trash on the tables. Like, we're not here to pick up after you. Yeah, we're guests here. Yeah, watch it. It'll provide better context than Jordan and I. But I, I sort of like that he said to the club, he's like, listen, I we've got a lot of talented people. This is the way we wanted to build the club. We wanted to build a really, really hyper-competitive club where people had to earn the minutes that they're getting. They were a given squat. So, you know, you want to start playing in less than a month's time, by the way. Right. You do realize their first friendly is in less than a month time. It is February 22nd. So, you know, the, they've got a lot to do. do they, got a lot to, they got a lot to do on the field. They got a lot to do off the field as well. Are they going to have jerseys in time for this? I haven't seen the kits yet. I can't wait to see the kits. Where's the kit? Every single morning, I'm like refreshing Twitter. Where where, where are the kits? I well, want to see them. And here's the one thing we do know about the kit, though. Since uh, last we recorded is they signed a deal with Adidas. Right. So they will be wearing the three stripes, which would be great. I think you'll probably see some and hear some information about maybe shirt sponsors coming up, kit rollout, things of that nature. So yeah, I, I they've got a lot to do, and yeah. they know this, and and they they are aware of this, that you know that that them starting in 2020, that they were were you really like there was there's great upside to starting in 2020, as we all know. We want to go watch, but and not easy. Like there was an argument to be made that they should have started in 2021. They said, nah, it's more important for us. Let's let's get the benefits of starting early, even if it means we're in total cram mode, which clearly they are, because again, like their first friendly is less than a month away. Yeah. I love the fact that they're doing those videos. I love that we're getting the behind the scenes treatment with the club because that's what it's all about in 2020, right? Mm-hmm. For fans, like you just want all access. You want to be able to see what's going on. You want to see because we don't have any highlights of this club. We we haven't seen a single goal. We haven't seen a single save. We haven't seen a single red card. We haven't seen anything. There's no highlights for us to go to and like for us to share in our in our group text or on Twitter. We have nothing. I don't even know if they have a keeper right yeah. now. I mean, seriously, like, I I do, I haven't seen. I've seen a lot of different players. Do we need one of those? Probably a good idea. I would say so. Or we're we just gonna you know play so on the front foot that we'll not even have to worry about it. We're possession based. We're gonna be. I mean, Landon is running this club. I mean, let's not forget the goalie. We're gonna be ninety nine percent possession based. That's our goal every single match. So who the hell needs a keeper? But we're that, not playing out of the back because we don't have anybody back there. It is that is the nice part getting all the access that you're getting right now because you don't have any other. You don't have yeah. the matches. You don't have the highlights. You don't have the history. You don't have the the rivalry. The the conversations to be had that way. So it's fun to have the behind the scenes the club getting created and next time next episode number two i really want to see someone picking up their trash in that episode that's all i asked for i know we'll see if landon's words have any impact yeah on I, these players yeah it was good if you haven't seen the clip again it's sort of you're probably confused by what we're saying but it's it's an interesting clip because i've just I've, I've had a lot of interaction with landon over the last couple of years and i've not quite seen him like that yeah so it was good. Yeah, also announced this week speaking of local club soccer jordan the 107th Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Mm. The opening round matchups were announced yesterday on Wednesday, January 22nd. Locally, we have what uh, we would call Albion, but now is ASC San Diego, Albion Soccer Club San Diego, taking on Chula Vista Football Club. That will be an opening round matchup at UCSD on March 24th at 6 p.m., now, we will find out who SD Loyal plays next 
Tuesday the 29th. My understanding is this is very regionalized, so they are likely to play the winner of either ASC San Diego or Chula Vista FC or... Or 1904. Really? 1904 could play SD Loyal in the Open Cup? They could. Oh, my gosh. It, there's a, 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 a strong possibility SD Loyal will be taking on either the winner of that first-round match or 1904. We'll find out next Tuesday. Now, I mean, in this tournament that is regionalized so early, does that mean if, let's say, SD Loyal move on and get out of a matchup against 1904 or Chula Vista. Is there a chance that they could take on, I don't know, LAFC or the Galaxy in this Open Cup, Darren? Right. Well, that would be round three. Round three is when the MLS clubs come in. So round one are the uh, real, real lower level clubs. Round two becomes USL Championship and Mm -hmm. and, uh, the league that 1904 is in. I'm drawing a blank on what league that is. So that's one. But yeah, if you get through that then there's a chance, or you could have the Galaxy. You're perhaps. telling me Chicharito could be playing against SD Loyal? It could happen. Wow. It could happen. I think it's interesting timing, too, because if, I, if I'm if i correct here when I look at the scheduling, SD Loyal's first ever U.S. Open Cup match would be somewhere April 7th, 8th, 9th, which comes right between their home match against Real Monarchs, the winners of the USL Cup. The champions. And then an away trip to Phoenix Rising, which won the regular season cup. Mm. So I don't know about the timing of all that, where you have Real Monarchs at home, and then you have your U.S. Open Cup match. Your, uh, we have a, a San Diego Derby. How about that? And then away at Phoenix Rising. What if we don't have a goalie by then? <laughs> I think we probably will. Okay, good. I don't know for sure, but I think we probably will. That's that, um, what a hell of a week that would be. Yeah, that would be a really interesting setup. What if I mean, this is why we're excited to have a USL club. One of the many reasons why you're excited. You get entered into tournaments like this. You get to play in the Open Cup. You get a chance to take on MLS teams. But with that, you also get a chance to play your neighbors. You get to play 1904 potentially or Chula Vista or Albion. Right. We'll see. Yeah, we'll get some San Diego Derby action soon. And I think we should probably try to make a point of going to that March 24th match to watch ASC San Diego take on Chula Vista. Yeah, no doubt. We should just do a podcast from there. We have that cool new equipment where we can just podcast from anywhere. 17 clubs from California, the most in the United States. 100 clubs total represented in the U.S. Open Cup this year. The highest amount ever in U.S. Open Cup history. Wow. On most of these matches streamed on ESPN Plus also. Good to know. Good to know. You'll be able to find most of the matches on ESPN+. Plus. That's that's the go-to if you're looking for the stream. I have a couple shout-outs. Do you have anything else on uh, the Open Cup? I'm good. Okay. So uh, shout-outs to the locals for showing up to the soccer's game over the weekend. I thought that was very good. You can find that on social media. They showed up, supported soccer's. They, uh, they're all about soccer in San Diego, Darren. So, they, I mean, they're, they support 1904. They support Albion. Shout-out. They support Chula Vista. Shout-out. So shout-out to the locals. Um, also, shout-out to the SD Gooners. For being great hosts. I went to Bluefoot on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Chelsea and Arsenal played again. Like, they just played each other. And then they played each other again in the league. And it was not fun for me at all. I did not enjoy it. But SD Gooners were very nice to me. And I drank beer. And that made it a lot better. Well, there you go. That's that's what the experience is all about. Can you explain quickly how you're up a goal. Right. And David Luiz red card. So yeah. up a goal, up a man. And mm. somehow that ends in a 2-2 draw at the bridge. Correct. Yeah, so Arsenal had two shots, right? Two shots on goal, two goals. Huh. What do you think about that? Uh, good odds. That's called accuracy. Yeah, that's, that's not bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. Chelsea on the other side, a club right now that they just can't score. They can't find the back of the net. That's their issue. So 
that's not a great thing when it comes to soccer, you know? Hopefully you get that Pulisic guy back. I feel like he's a pretty important piece of the puzzle. Yeah, he had that hat trick one time. Mm-hmm. He needs to come back. So that's what's going on. Shout out to SD Gooners. Appreciate all the support. And then uh, my other shout out was Chula Vista against Albion, but we already got to that. Also, uh, Tim Stoops is back. He sent me a Bundesliga report this week. How about that? Tim used to do this weekly for us. See, we would we would ask him what's going on with Christian Pulisic. But I think ever since Pulisic joined my team, maybe Tim felt like he didn't he wasn't needed, I guess. But we told him he's definitely needed. And so he has returned. And so that is great news on the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. We get a Bundesliga report. So here we go. Tim Stoops. Darren, Jordan, feeling donk. It's good to be back. Sorry about the absence. Here is your Bundesliga report. The first report of Swanzig Swanzig. Question Eins. Is Bayern back in first? No, Bayern is still four points behind Energy Drink Football Club. Question Zwei. What did Borussia Dortmund do? Dortmund was away to Augsburg, was trailing 3-1 in the second half, and then brought in their shiny new 19-year-old transfer from Energy Drink Salzburg in Austrian Bundesliga, and he scored a hat-trick, and Dortmund won 5-3. Question dry. What did Americans do in the Bundesliga? Two notable things. Timmy Chandler scored the winner for Eintracht Frankfurt against Hoffenheim in a 2-1 win. And in Dortmund's match, 17-year-old Gio Reyna got into the match for Dortmund, got a hockey assist on Holland's third goal, and became the youngest American ever to play in the Bundesliga. And question... Oh, no, not question. It's been a long time. Your Toyager Kanan tracker. It's not Robert Lewandowski in the lead. Well, he's not in the lead all by himself. Timo Werner of Energy Drink Football Club also has 20 goals just like Lewandowski. That's all for this week. Auf Wiedersehen! Tim Stoops back in action on the Unnamed Soccer Podcast, Darren. How about that? Awesome. Love Tim Stoops. Uh, pride of Missoula, Montana. Also, shout out to uh, Pena Blagrana San Diego. They got all sorts of good gear here. Got a nice uh, little water slash coffee mug. 24 ounces, all the good gear here. These are the benefits that come with being an officially recognized Pena by FC Barcelona. Great, great watch party Sunday this past weekend to watch the Kiki Setien era begin with three points. So that was pretty important. What'd you order? I had some fish tacos. I had a couple of Modelos. Love that. Straight up. You throw some Bloody Mary mix into that. No Bloody Mary mix. It was a noon match, so mm. maybe if it was in the morning. Maybe this weekend, 7 a.m. against Valencia, against the Bats. Man, 7 a.m. for a La Liga match? 7 a.m. for Who'd a La Liga match. Off? They stagger it now, 4.37, 9.30, So, yeah, I mean, we've, we've got it staggered, so you get as many matches on television as possible in that league now, which is great news. Yes. So... That's all I got. So we'll see you. And shout out. Go ahead and love those guys. They always got the Unnamed Soccer Podcast scarf hanging, yeah. which I love. They, I mean, they've, they've just been so great to us. Yeah. So shout out to them. Shout out to Three Punk Ales. Go drink their beer. Just not Golsh. They don't have any more. You drink it all. And uh, Sport Clips. Darren looks like he went to Sport Clips recently. He looks very I sexy. I did. I did. I'm just, I'm giving up. I can't, I don't want to comb my hair anymore. I just want them to just cut it shorter and shorter every single time. So I have to do less and less and less and put less product in it, even though they have all the product there. So yeah, go to Sport Clips, download the app. And we'll, well be I'm back here to say it. it looks fantastic. I Darren. think it looks good too. Yeah. I'm just I'm not I'm just not about growing hair any longer. Yeah. Or styling it or doing any of that stuff. Yeah, that's what sport clips is for. They do it for you. Exactly. All right. Peace.